You're listening to Bachelor to Boyfriend, the podcast that teaches you how to manage your mind so you can show up as the best version of yourself around women. And now your host, certified dating and intimacy coach for men, Erica Davian. Hey friend, I hope you are well. It's fall and I just love this season as a time to pause and reflect on my life and what changes I want to make in the new year. I think I've mentioned here on the podcast that this year my partner and I bought a house and moved to a new city. And as I have been telling friends more broadly about this move and this house, I've noticed myself going back and forth between two very different stories of our house, which I thought was really interesting and I got curious about, asking myself like, huh, what is going on here? And it really reminded me of the work that I do with men like you who might have different stories about themselves or about their experiences with women, right? There might be a story that sounds all shiny and good, but then another where they really see their level of experience as a problem. And I thought this might be helpful for us to look at together because you too might have two really different stories that you're telling about yourself and your life and your experiences with women. And it can really help to be deliberate and just pick one. Pick the story that you want to believe and that you want to find evidence for. So that's what this episode is all about. Here are more or less my two stories. One way of telling the story of our house is that we bought a house that we thought at first was nearly perfect, but has turned out to have a lot of issues. Some of those issues weren't apparent when we first visited, but came up during the inspection. And North Carolina, where we moved, has this thing these days where you make a big non-refundable deposit when you offer to buy a house. And since we couldn't get any of that money back, we felt really trapped and that we had to just go on ahead with buying the house, even though some of these big issues came up. And one of the things that I really wanted was a wood-burning fireplace. That is something I have always looked forward to. And while the listing agent said twice that the sellers use the fireplace all the time, we found out that it had damage and that it really wasn't safe to use. And since then, we've even heard from neighbors that they didn't really use the fireplace anyway. And when we moved in, we started to see even more issues, bigger issues. The place was infested with roaches. There were three leaks that we quickly discovered that weren't found during the inspection. But worst of all, there were cracks on both the inside and the outside of the house. Some of the cracks were thin, but others were as big as my pinky or even my thumb. Like really significant cracks. And now that the cracks have opened up, we can see that the previous owners had filled these cracks in the past. But of course, we didn't know any of that when we were viewing or inspecting the house. And on top of everything, my partner lost his job within the first few weeks after we closed. And I really was at a loss. I, I had no idea what we were going to do. And so we've had three structural engineers out to look at the house. And now we're trying to figure out whether or not we want to take legal action against the sellers. It has been a nightmare. Okay, so that's one way of telling the story. And by the way, if you're like, Erica, what does any of this have to do with dating? <laughs> I'll show you how it all ties in. Don't worry, we will get there. Okay, so that was just one way of telling the story of my new house. And it's completely valid. 
everything that I just shared was completely accurate. But even so, here's another way I have been telling the story of our house. It all came together like magic. We did a weekend house hunting trip where we saw something like 20 houses in a day. And after that didn't work out, we decided to be in the city while we looked for a place. So we started a month-to-month sublet and figured that it would be several months before we found a house. But the very first day we were in the sublet, one house came on the market that we really liked. Just one. And what's so funny is that we hadn't even considered this neighborhood before. But when we did that weekend trip where we saw the 20 houses, we stayed in an Airbnb in that neighborhood and really liked it. So in a way, that failed trip put that neighborhood on our map. And so we got to visit and we liked it even more after we saw it in person. It had lots of windows with beautiful, sunny, south-facing light, gorgeous wood floors, a woodsy backyard, and it was just the right size for our little family. And there are some awesome walking and biking trails nearby, and I just loved the idea that we could go get groceries or go get dinner only a short bike ride away. So we made an offer and we got it feeding eight other offers. And after that, just everything seemed to fall into place. We were on about a dozen different daycare lists, all of which had wait lists for one to two years. (laughs) Like years. But the day we found out that our offer was accepted, I visited the daycare that happened to be closest to our house that we were interested in. And they had one completely unexpected opening for a kid exactly our child's age. We got so lucky. And what's wild is that shortly after we closed, my partner lost his job. If he'd lost his job before we closed on the house, we would have lost our whole deposit. And even if nothing else, it would have messed up our ability to qualify for another mortgage for a while. So thank goodness it happened when it did, (laughs) that we were able to buy when we did. And since then, we have just been falling deeper and deeper in love with the house. The sunlight in the morning, the kitchen table with plants all around, our awesome, friendly, helpful neighbors across the street, the generous and kind-hearted older couple next door with a grandma-type presence that my toddler just loves, and the fact that to be in nature, all we have to do is cross the street. We see bunnies and owls and great blue herons and hawks on a regular basis. We just love it here. Okay, so that's the second story that I found myself telling to friends. And like the first one, it is entirely factual and accurate. We really do see bunnies, and my partner really did lose his job. But notice that the only difference between these two versions of the story is the facts that I chose to include and what I'm making those facts mean. All of that information was available both times I told the story, but my mind was attuned to different facts in each version. Now let's zoom out and see how this applies to you and dating. One of the things that is really important for you to remember about your brain is that it's a very sophisticated device that can take a lot of information in. If you think about the amount of input that's coming in from the world, there is no way that your brain can constantly be processing all of that information all of the time. And so what your brain does is it filters out what it doesn't see as important. 
it notices only what is important. It's sort of like when you are at an airport or at a bar, someplace with a lot of background noise, you're still able to hear the conversation that you're in or have a phone call because your brain is able to filter out all of that background noise. The thing that's important is the conversation that you're having right now. And so that's what it tunes into. And so, for example, if I look outside right now, I'm talking to you from my office, and if I look out the window right now, I can see people walking by. Now, my brain isn't paying attention to their shoes. It's not paying attention to how those people are walking. But if I were a physical therapist, I might be more attuned to how those people are walking because I would have trained my brain to notice their gait and where they land on their foot or whether they're putting more weight on one side or the other. And so you tell your brain what is important, and that is what it looks for. My partner doesn't think this visual stuff is important, so it doesn't look for it. It doesn't even notice it. Whereas for me, I really value the beauty and harmony in the way that things look. It makes sense why I'm a creative person. And so you tell your brain what is important, and then it deletes everything else. It doesn't spend a lot of time processing the, the excess stuff as important or work as hard to store it in memory. In fact, if it wasn't deemed important in the first place, the brain might not even notice it. And all of this is something that's called inattentional blindness. There are a lot of interesting studies about it if you want to do some Google searching. You may have heard of things like the invisible gorilla experiment or the one where Someone goes to a counter seeking something, and the person behind the counter ducks down to get it, and a new person pops up, an entirely different person. And yet, a surprising number of people don't even notice that there's a different person behind the counter because they were so focused on the thing that they were trying to get and not really focused on the person. And so, with my two stories, when my brain is in the, the doom and gloom story, let's call it, it notices everything wrong with the house. Every crack, every mark in the paint, the mismatched knobs on the cabinet, the unlevel shelf, and so on and so on. It is all more evidence that something is wrong with this house. But in the opposite way, in the second story, my brain is focused on very different information. All the things that are going well, the beauty of the light, the unexpected and surprisingly wonderful things, if the brain deems it important and significant, it's going to notice. But our brains don't make everything it takes in as important because if it did, our brains would be exhausted. And so we have to decide what's important, whether we do it consciously or subconsciously, because otherwise our brains are going to burn out. And the reason why this matters is because most of us don't take the time to consciously tell our brain what is significant and what to look for. We don't even do that consciously. Our brains have to be told this is what matters. This is how to calibrate your filters. Because if it's not told, then it's just going to go by default. And my brain is one of those brains where the default is, you see, Things don't work out for you. You're a victim. You've probably heard of confirmation bias. The idea that we tend to take in information that is a confirmation of the ideas that we already had. And I like to think of this like a dog playing fetch. 
You throw out a stick and the dog brings the stick right back to you. You tell your brain what you believe and your brain, like a trusty, loyal dog, will go out and find evidence for that belief and bring it right on back to you. And so if you have beliefs that you haven't consciously chosen, your brain will continue to look for evidence. So for example, as I'm recording this, I am about halfway through a round of my program, Bachelor to Boyfriend, with my clients. And I just love how every time I take clients through the process, I get better and better at it. And one of my clients came in with the belief that he is socially awkward, more so than other people. And so what did his brain do? It came up with lots of examples from the past of times that he messed up around women. His brain started taking bits of evidence from recent dates and using those to further prove himself true that he really is socially awkward. Now, there's a lot of evidence to the contrary, that he actually isn't socially awkward, but he doesn't see that evidence because his brain is being told to filter it out. He has this overarching belief that he is socially awkward, and that's the only evidence that his brain has been open to. But my brain, looking at him, is much more neutral. My brain hasn't spent decades proving this belief about him, and I'm able to see things that are obvious to me that may not be obvious to him. My brain is able to see that he makes great eye contact and is really easy to talk to. He asks questions and knows how to carry on a friendly conversation. My brain sees him differently, and the ways I help him reflect and see himself from a different angle are helping him consciously decide how he wants to think about himself. But let's turn it over to you. What do you believe about yourself? What do you believe is possible for you when it comes to love and sex? If you're not sure what you believe, here are two steps to make it easy to find out. First, notice the facts that your mind tends to gravitate towards, especially the ones that you repeat to yourself over and over. And then two, I want you to ask yourself, what am I making each of these facts mean? Because whatever you're making this mean, that is a reflection of what you believe. That's the filter your brain has been using as it looks at yourself and your life. The facts that your brain has selected for the story about you, that's the evidence your brain is pointing to in order to prove what you believe. So to see this in practice, I was so lost in these two stories about my house that I couldn't even see what it was that I was believing. But if I noticed the facts from the first story, things like the cracks in the walls and the deposit and the fireplace that doesn't work, then I can ask myself what I'm making these things mean. And I can see that I'm making each of them mean that we were deceived that I am the victim and that these sellers were dishonest and got away with it. And none of that feels very good. In fact, it feels pretty crappy when I'm thinking I was taken advantage of. I feel powerless and angry and really disappointed. And what about the second story? There, the details that made it through my mental filter were things like how there were eight other offers on the house, that we happened to stay in that neighborhood at the Airbnb, otherwise we never even would have thought to look in this neighborhood. The timing of how my partner lost his job. 
When I ask myself, what am I making all of this mean? I can see that every detail of this story is pointing to the belief that we're really lucky to be here. And when I'm thinking that, I feel full of gratitude, folded, full of appreciation and awe at how it all unfolded. So what about you? What is your story of you? What are the facts of your life that you keep pointing back to? The fact that you have never been on a date? The fact that your last girlfriend said some pretty cruel and hurtful things to you? The fact that sometimes you don't know what to say when you're in front of a woman? What are the examples and evidence that are making it through your mental filter? And once you have a sense of what those things are, then ask yourself, what am I making these things mean? That I'll never have a girlfriend? That love isn't meant for me? That I'm just hopeless around a woman? And just notice what your story of you has been up until now. Just sit with it. No need to change it. Just notice how it feels when you are believing this version of your story to be the only one. The beautiful thing is, there are so many versions of the story that you could tell yourself and tell others. And here's why this matters. Other people are going to buy whatever version of the story you tell them. What story do you want them to believe about you? That you are the victim of your life story or the hero? How you tell the story of your level of experience, your dating history, your ability to be in a relationship, who you are as a sexual being, your stories are going to influence how other people see you. And maybe even more importantly, you are going to buy whatever version of the story you tell yourself over and over again. How your filters are set will influence the decisions you make and the risks you are willing to take. Whatever you're telling your brain is important will affect how you experience the ups and downs of dating. And on a really tangible level, whatever story you choose is going to affect how you feel. Just think back to my example. I felt angry and disappointed when I was in one story and grateful when I was in another. And this is really something I had to reckon with because I am the only person who feels my story. I am the one who experiences the disappointment and the gratitude. So I had to ask myself, which feeling do I want to have more of in my life? The beautiful thing is, you are always the one who gets to decide what your story will be. So what will it be? What are you going to tell your brain is important? What is the belief you want to have about yourself that you're going to look for evidence for? It really can be that straightforward and simple. And you are the only one who can do it. So get out there. Tell your brain what you want it to find evidence for. That you are worthy of love. That there are ways where you actually really are great with women. That just because you haven't had a lasting relationship in the past doesn't mean you never will. Decide on purpose how you want to think about yourself and your life. And then ask your brain to go and find evidence of whatever that thing is you want to believe. And if all of these beliefs I just offered still sound too far out of reach, be sure to sign up for my newsletter where next week I'm going to offer a quick tip on 
how to work with beliefs that feel too far out of reach. Okay, my friend, change your filters, change your life. You've got this. I'll see you next time. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out Bachelor to Boyfriend, the program. It's 12 weeks of one-on-one coaching with yours truly to help you finally move past the internal barriers between you and the relationship you want to create. Check it out at ericadavian.com. That's Erica with a K. And if you're curious, make sure to get your name on my mailing list so I can tell you next time doors open. My newsletter is my favorite way to connect with you all, and I respond to every email I receive. I can't wait to see you there.